0: Hi, this is Mia. And this is Tina. And you're listening to Yeah No. The podcast about starting a business at the intersection of design and healthcare. Wait, can we do this again? You start. Hey, this is Tina. And this is Mia. And you're
1: listening to Yeah Now. A podcast about having a business at the intersection of design and healthcare. we do something new yeah midway through season three and I guess we just realized that we're not starting a business anymore
0: no what
1: kind of old news well <laughs> it was a celebration because this summer we've had our business for five years now yeah I know it's hot. it's very exciting so realize that it may not make sense to say starting a business tell
0: us if you like it <laughs> Big Tell us if you notice that and one more like, change. We, we don't like change. That's the problem. Well, we need to be validated. <laughs> Tell us if you like it and then we'll do it.
1: <laughs> We're at the halfway point of season three. And traditionally in the podcast episodes at the halfway point, we do a seasonal check-in. Yeah. A seasonal check-in is when we look back and we just think about the things that are interesting for us we do a little reflection sometimes we make some new goals
0: yeah we talk about the topics that are happening right now and the things that are at top of mind for us because when you have a business at the intersection of design and healthcare <laughs> it's important to kind of say here are the things and it helps us to kind of build north stars and things like that so right let's start with our story of health
1: so it's a personal story i have a very very old friend of mine who i adore she is a powerhouse designer she went to ucla and yale and she is so talented and i really admire her and i love having her in my life and we've just over time checked in with each other so we we have a relationship where we don't see each other for many many months and then we see each other and it's like you know that those kind of people where like no time goes by. you just kind of like slot in again. You know, we've both been through some pretty dramatic changes over the last 10 years. We've moved to several different cities. And she was in Florida, she became a bodybuilder. She opened a gallery. She's, you know, doing all this museum work. I started diagram and moved to New York and had a family and all this stuff. So we've been on this journey together and one of our most recent check-ins was last year and I hadn't heard from her in maybe a couple years and she called me and said the day of and said I'm in New York I want to see you so I said okay so we went and had lunch so I show up and she's not doing well physically. I've known her to be very healthy. She was a bodybuilder, you know. And she was super run down. She said that she had been dealing with stomach issues for the last year. Mm. And was in New York because she's like she just had this moment of I've got to take care of this, you know. We had a really good conversation about like how if you don't take care of your physical body, then you're not going to be able to do the things that you want to do and that it's such a clear sign to listen to what your body's telling you. Your body really like responds to emotional and mental and and physical and environmental stress. Yeah. And will tell you if something is not right.
0: And why do you think that she got in touch with you? Like was it coincidental that she had just come to New York at that time or was that you know, why do you think that she had gotten in touch with you for during a time where she was having challenges?
1: I think we've always had the type of relationship where it's a really safe relationship and she has been trying to filter out the things in her life that are not positive for her just to cut out all of the negativity. Right. And luckily I'm on the side of the <laughs> fence of the positive. This is not surprising to me. <laughs> you know she was on this journey and she got her health back together. She's doing really well. She's eating this very um Healthy, super, super healthy diet. FODMAPs. I don't know how she does it.
0: What? FODMAPs. What are FODMAPs? Yeah, you know, there's there's like a FODMAP diet. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. It's one of those like res- highly restrictive diets, but she said that she's. I mean, she sounds like she's doing amazing, and yeah. she's building a business, and yeah, it really reminded me the value
0: of checking in. Checking in today. We're going to talk about three things. Right. The first thing that we're going to talk Drum about. Drum roll, please. <laughs> Topic number one is that we're going to talk about inclusivity in healthcare. You know, we know that there's a lot of challenges with ensuring that all aspects of health are inclusive of genders, races. Um, right now, it's pretty one-sided, and so we want to talk a little bit about that. Woo-hoo.
1: Topic number two is around women in healthcare and particularly around leadership. So, how can we get to the place where we have more women in leadership in healthcare? You know, also, I think that touches on design leadership as well.
0: And number three is a follow up a little bit to our privacy conversation around privacy in healthcare and privacy in general versus personalization. Okay. So, yeah. are you ready? yeah okay this is like i feel like is... the build-up to this feels a lot of <laughs> it's gonna be anticlimactic <laughs> like i feel like we should be jumping into a pool or something right now are you Pie ready in the
1: face brace yourself yeah hold my hand yeah too much energy okay. right, now. right now too much caffeine <laughs> so number one so i have a little game i'm gonna trademark this game it's called yeah versus no nice let's do it I'm going to give a shout out, a yeah, to Onboard Health, which is a company that is focused specifically on bringing more diversity and inclusion into healthcare companies. They're really looking at how do we get more people of color, more women, more minority voices into companies and really making that a focus. Because if you don't prioritize it, it's not going to happen. Right. Yay to Onboard Health. What's yours? Do you have a no?
0: No is definitely, on my mind, is clinical trials. We've recently just had a project where we were working in lupus, and there was one particular patient that was really striking to me. Because lupus affects largely African-American population and women, and she was an African-American woman, one of the things that she talked about why she didn't take medications or was very adherent, which means that you take your medications at the right dosage and at the right time every time, was that she mentioned that... she felt that clinical trials for these medications weren't tested on people like her and so she had a distrust of whether or not that medication was gonna work for her so the minute that it kind of stopped working or she felt like it wasn't working for her she had no problem kind of going off of it and she told a story about how her father raised her with this ingrained feeling of distrust and so it's been very difficult for her to manage that and manage her disease at the same time and it kind of struck me because i couldn't really blame her for that thinking right her, those medications probably weren't tested on people like her i yeah. found a very disheartening quote or statistic around african americans while they comprise 13% of the population they only make up 5% of clinical trial participants meanwhile while caucasians account for 67% of the population they make up 83% what? so boo on clinical trials yeah. That's a big no for us. not cool. Yeah. Get into the game. We want to do some work around making sure that clinical trials are much more inclusive. And I think even from personal upbringing, I know that even the Asian community is largely underrepresented.
1: Absolutely. My no is, comes from an article that I want to yeah. So it's kind of a yeah, no. We wanted to throw great accolades out there for the Rock Health article that came out recently that was called what 600 plus women told us about working in healthcare in 2018, where they surveyed 635 women across healthcare. They've been doing this over and over again, I think this is their fifth year. Of doing these surveys, and now they've got a lot of data, which I think is super powerful. So they've asked questions like, "How do you feel in your role? What do you struggle with in terms of leadership? How many women have women as leaders?" There was so much good stuff in there. Yeah, I mean, and it was also a
0: really long article.
1: Yeah, (laughs) but it could go on and on and on. But you know, they were talking about only when we have the vocabulary to talk about a problem can we address and change the issue. You know, and I think that it's part of it is that we don't want to talk about these issues. And part of it is that men have been at the top of all of these large, large companies. I mean, the percentage of women up at the top are is very, very small still. Yeah. There was one statistic that was saying that whereas a few years ago, women were unsure whether or not things were going to pivot and change for the better for gender equality. Now women are saying Yes it's going to happen But it's going to take 25 years Yeah, yeah. 25 years
0: I'm going to be Way out of my You'll careers. be like 50 <laughs> That's going to be so old <laughs> I retire <laughs> Just gonna retire. Well, uh, I thought that what was really funny in that Rock Health article was basically they said if you're in healthcare and you're in an institution that does a large not, institution, yeah, does not support women rising to the top or you don't see representation, they basically were like, get out, don't try and change it, right? Just get out.
1: Yeah, the key things for gender equality were that it was better in small businesses. That it was better in the Northeast. Check, for healthcare. Check. I know. I continue. Like, wow. No wonder we're anything here. else we need to check
0: off. <laughs> it's better at diagrams. That's what was on the yeah. they said diagram is the best. Right. Number one.
1: A big yeah to Brock Health and the authors of that article because it's really eye opening. Great. Topic number two for the check-in is women in healthcare leadership to build off of this idea that you know we're looking now at how do we nurture women as leaders of companies? What needs to happen specifically in healthcare uh, to make that happen?
0: In our experience, we've been in healthcare for quite some time, and we know that there is a severe lack of representation in leadership roles, especially we know that that's a larger trend, but then in healthcare also we see it happening in this little microcosm. And it brings me back to a book that, Came out years ago by two women, uh, Maria Giudice and Christopher Ireland, who are entrepreneurs, and they wrote a book called *The Rise of the DEO*. And the DEO stands for Design Executive Officer.
1: Design also has a problem in leadership. But, yes, I mean it's it's not just gender related. But
0: right. But also even what the goes. ladder looks like for design. Right. right. And what I thought was really great were they listed six things that they felt that a DEO does that is different than uh, traditional leadership. One was around being change agents, you know, so they're not constrained by traditional approaches. They're systems thinkers. They're looking at what parts of the organization overlaps and influences another. They are risk takers. They don't try to necessarily avoid or mitigate it. They're looking at risk as an opportunity to get control of it. They're socially intelligent, so they you know they do well in networks and creating networks. They're intuitive. And that they GSD, which I thought was nice, which is that they get shit done. (laughs) So I thought that was really important. I loved that because just thinking about design leadership um, and the lack thereof, I think that it's important to kind of think about what is it that they're bringing to the table that's different.
1: And I would say when we merge that to women, I would say women are pretty good at most of those things on that list. So we're poised to be able to move into leadership roles especially in design it is a little bit of a novelty when we show up and we're two women that own their own business we're Asian American we are designers and how rare that space is yeah Um, so we need more yeah more more more.
0: and I think that kind of relevant to the Rock Health um, article I feel like there's a challenge in the large Corporations that are in healthcare, they just aren't giving a lot of space and opportunity for women to rise, and that you know it's really a problem.
1: Yeah, there's an amazing uh, woman. Her name is Doris Hokani, um, and she has a um, a feed that is a feed Instagram. What do you call that yeah. profile? I don't know what you're gonna say. Like, what's your Instagram thing? Site account.
0: She hasn't asked Lily, the young person. I
1: know this Instagram. How do I I describe this? She has an Instagram account, but it's kind of more than than an account. It's called Seventeen Point Two One Women, and it's all Asian American women that are amazing. These incredible photographs of everyone from connie chung to like oh, man, Chen remember connie chung to like historical you know asian activists and artists and things like that and it's just an amazing site
0: what 17.21 mean it's the size of asia in kilometers in people don't know. in <laughs> just i got not it's, it's the like... size it's like 17.1
1: <laughs> million miles or something like that
0: okay it got it
1: Oh, no. I have it right here. I wrote it on paper. I was smart. I just forgot that you were smart. I know. I was thinking ahead at your questions. I was like, what is Tina going to ask me? (laughs) 17.21 refers to the 17.21 million square miles that make up the continent of Asia. Wow. And so it's huge, you know. And how often do we see women in media, in music, in arts? in politics I can probably count it very rarely yeah so her site is just really amazing and I love getting her
0: posts cool our third and last topic that is on our mind right now is a follow up to the privacy conversation we've been talking a lot about privacy versus personalization, and what are the things that you're giving up? Yeah, and you said that you had read an article. Can you talk a little yeah, bit about I, that?
1: I had a mind shift. Why I wanted to put it on this check-in is because the last time we talked about it, I I was pretty dark about the possibility of privacy and that's when you cut off
0: all your phones and you like went off the grid
1: yeah
0: i haven't been able to find you since
1: i I know i just totally got freaked out in the episode doing that research um but angel list shared an interesting article called big tech's big problem with user data and it gave me a little hope Okay. And the interesting thing from that article that I took away was that they had a list of privacy-first startups. And so these are companies that are really prioritizing this idea of how do we protect privacy. Because in the age where everybody wants things personalized, right, you want to streamline things and make it tailored for your needs, what you're giving up is your privacy. And one of the areas is that can we just be more explicit to people and more transparent and open about what how your privacy is being used there were four companies i'll just review them really quickly one is called lava bit which is a competitor to gmail which is you know we all know the problem now it's like we have a conversation about a topic and then amazon's sending you a an email about you know maybe you'd like this because you're thinking about this
0: yeah i don't even have to type anything anymore because it suggests what the response <laughs> to an email might be yeah
1: you just think it Okay. And then the other one is this company called Triple, which is a travel company. And because they are using your social networks and your social media to understand what you might be interested in for your travel, they user tested a new privacy consent, a clear privacy policy. Hmm. Um, and I love that idea of just a small change. They're not going to change their business, right, because it does have value. Mm-hmm. But they're saying we're going to help people navigate this business. Better, and okay. they just recently got bought by Travago. Um, another one was called DigiMe, which is a new company that is about collecting and storing your own data in your own online library. Mm-hmm. And then the last one was a search engine called DuckDuckGo, which I know you've been using.
0: Yeah, because you know I value my privacy. <laughs> <laughs> So no, but it's a great, it's a great search engine because what I found with DuckDuckGo is that I don't get bombarded with as much ads and things like that. The searching is a little bit more challenging, but it's also like we used to not have the Internet. So searching is infinitely easier because I do have the Internet in general. Right. But I've just found that I get a lot less targeted ads and things like that because you know now things go across your devices as well you look up something on your computer and then it ends up on your phone or it ends up on your tv which is weird you know so that kind of stuff and everything's listening to you so at least i hope to have reduced that just a little bit
1: (laughs) do you see any cons for using DuckDuckGo?
0: the only con is that i know when i do search things on google because i do have google on my phone i get better search results quicker you know it just the top ones that show up first they happen to be the most relevant but it's not like I have to search through 20 pages of DuckDuckGo to get to that I just use Google on my phone if I can't find something through DuckDuckGo um, but you know I also turn off all my cookies on my browsers and stuff I don't oh no no and so sites that use cookies I just don't use them so you know when they're like you have to accept yeah. these cookies I'm like no, yeah. no 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 no
1: I just get hungry. So I'm like, whenever I get asked if about my cookies, then I'm like, yes, because cookies are good.
0: <laughs> that's why they name them cookies. <laughs> yeah, so um, privacy versus per- personalization. I think because we're working in healthcare, it's kind of something that's always lingering a little bit, but yeah. we did want to follow up because it's a conversation that we've been having. Yeah,
1: and I love that You know, this is exactly what we're talking about. It's like the GSD, get shit done for these companies around privacy it's like they're doing something about it and i think for all of these issues today the the three the inclusion the women in leadership and this privacy and personalization is that we have to do something about it yes we need to have the conversations about it but it would be great to see you know more more of this effort and we want to be a part of that both the conversations and the doing the designing of what a new experience might be yeah And so this is just to close on this check-in is I had a check-in on myself. We talked about inspiration in season two. I used to think that you need to get inspired in order to want to do something so that like the inspiration helped you work through a problem. But I'm starting now to reverse that and want to reframe it and just say, you just need to do something. You need to just start. It doesn't matter what it is, but you've got to do it. And once you do it, that helps to build the momentum for you that results to being more inspired i think
0: yeah get shit done yeah get it done
1: don't wait for the inspiration to hit yeah it's not a lightning bolt
0: yeah this podcast is over you have to finish listening to it so get going yeah turn this off yeah Stay tuned for our next episode. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to us. We love subscribers. Leave us some feedback. You can find us on the web at yeahnopodcast.com and on Instagram. Yes, we're going
1: to be... Showing some of the fabulous studio that we're recording in today. Figure Eight Studios in Brooklyn. And at the helm today is Lily Wen. Um, Michael P. Coleman is somewhere. His face is here. I don't I know have. where his
0: body is, but his face is here.
1: <laughs> we made a paper cutout of Michael
0: today. Just because we miss him so daughter. much.
1: Michael. Um, the theme song and all the music was written and performed by Chess Smith. And this episode was edited and produced by Tori Flack. Talk to you next time. Bye.
0: Check check, Check in. Check. 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 That's a, um, a Beastie Boys reference. For those people who don't know, the Beastie Boys was a band. <laughs> It was, you know, no, check it, check it out. Check, check, check it out. You know that song? Anyway.